Teammate Radio is brought to you by Peaceful Warriors and Teammate Children's Stories, available on Amazon. We are Peaceful Warriors! Today's episode of Teammate Talks really centers around compassion, right? So the title of this is I Feel For You, because that's the center of compassion, right? Compassion is about caring for others, and the center of compassion is empathy. There are a lot of people out there that believe that Empathy is something that you either have or you don't have or that you're born with. I, in my life experience, I completely disagree with that assessment. I believe that empathy is something that can be learned and is something that can be taught. And I think, unfortunately, the people who learn to be empathetic the most are people who have been abused, people who have been traumatized by people for long periods of time. I mean, people that came up in abusive households, people that came up with uh, harassment, people that came up with heavy, heavy bullying and things like that. The ones that are really hurting as adults are the ones that tend to be the most empathetic. And I think a lot of that comes down to because through those traumas and those abuses, they learn to watch out for, uh, you know the need the needs of others around them right it's a way it's a way of coping with the situation and honestly though without the trauma and without the abuse i believe it is something that can be learned i think it can be learned simply with the old adage of put yourself in another person's shoes but this is something that most people think they can do but they can't they think they can do it but they can't all they can imagine is if they had themselves with their own experiences and their own thoughts put into a position that another person is in. But that's not putting yourself in someone else's shoes. What is putting yourself in someone else's shoes is imagining that you are them with their knowledge, with their experiences, with their their past, and then imagining what the current situation would be like. And it's really not all that hard if you have an experience in your past that you can draw off of. Now, here's why I feel like most of the times you find the most empathetic people are the most people who are hurting the most, the people who have been hurt the most. And a lot of that, like I say, is, is I think really, really kind of boils down to they know what it's like to hurt in several different ways. They know what it's like to be put in pain in several different ways. They know what it's like to go through a lot of really hard things. And so they have very similar experiences to draw off of that sometimes they can talk and make it seem like they've been through exactly the thing you're going through and they know exactly how it feels because a lot of times they do, right? So this is what I mean, but I believe empathy is something that can be learned. I think it's something that you can train yourself to do and teach because they say it's feeling, actually feeling the emotion of others, right? And there's some people that believe that that's just a gift or a talent. I don't think so. I think this is something you can train yourself to do by fully understanding the experiences of others to the point that when you see someone going through something like that, the feelings that you know are associated with that experience well up inside of you as well. And you get that vibe off of them and then you start feeling that as well. And I believe that's something that can actually be trained, empathy. And that that is the biggest part of compassion, right? And I think a lot of, a lot of the reason that people can't do it is because they get stuck in a way. They get stuck in one way. They get stuck in their life. They get stuck in their way. And so they look at someone else. They say, I'm going to put myself in this other person's shoes. But they're looking at that position from their way, from their experience, from their idea of it, rather than the person they're trying to see through the eyes of. And that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. So I think one of the biggest holdbacks of compassion is the inability the inability to see anything from any other point of view but your own, right? So empathy, like I say, I think it really starts with learning to be able to think about and entertain worldviews that aren't your own. 
think about and entertain what if my entire life went like this what if my entire life had went differently what if what if i had lived this person's life and then found myself in this position that's a more thorough way to get an idea of putting yourself in someone else's shoes it really comes down to the empathy but you can't do that if you're stuck in always looking at things from your worldview from your set of opinions right and this is the big thing we get stuck in our own opinions and a lot of people get stuck in their own opinions and start thinking that the rest of the world should have the same opinion right and when they realize the rest of the world doesn't have the same opinion, then they have a hard time putting themselves in someone else's shoes because they think of that person as stupid. They think of that person as ridiculous because that person sees it differently. Not because that person is stupid, but because that person sees it differently, right? And then it becomes impossible to put yourself in their shoes because you're unwilling to put yourself in the position of what if my opinion was different? What if I believed the same way they believed? Then how would I feel about this? You know what I mean? What if I believed in protecting the environment as much as that person believes in protecting the environment? Then what, how would I feel about this situation? That's going to be entirely different than if I have an opinion of the environment doesn't matter and then I, and then I, I try to put myself in someone else's shoes to see why it would matter to them. Of course, I'm not going to be able to see because I'm not willing to see it from the other person's worldview. And this is the biggest hold off, hold off on empathy and compassion is learning how to break through that barrier of being able to actually entertain mindsets and points of view of things that are anti whatever your opinion might be the ability to put aside your opinions and actually imagine what it would be like to believe something differently this is the key to empathy what would it be like to believe something differently what would it be like what would my life feel like if i believe something differently and then saw this happen right you see it and everybody kind of freak out during 2020 COVID and all of that and a lot of people were very aggressive during that time there was there was a lot of people who had a big lack of empathy for the other side or whatever the case was and a lot of that really come down to the inability to see what it's like to care right you had some that didn't care you had some that cared a lot the ones that didn't care had a very tough time putting themselves in the mind of the person that did care because they don't care and they're not willing to set aside the opinion and imagine what it would be like to be one who cared more the ones who cared more same thing couldn't imagine what it was like to to care a little less to not have it right up front and center where that was the big part of their life and there was a disconnect between multiple groups of people around that time and that biggest disconnect came down to to some people this older person or this immunocompromised person in my family is the most important thing to me so this is the most important thing i'm worried about to other people my job and my my livelihood this is the most important thing to me and so this is the only thing i'm going to worry about and then when you're in one of those camps and you can't set aside your things that you find important to imagine what it would be like for the person who finds the other thing important, then there is no empathy to be had. There is no compassion to be had. And this is where compassion breaks down. And this is why I feel like compassion is one of the most, our most important words of the week. Look around at what happened through 2020, 2015 through 2020, all of those years. Look around. Just look around. This is why I feel like compassion is one of the most important words of the week that we talk about. I mean, just look at what happened because you get so stuck in your way, your way of thinking that you cannot even entertain what it would be like to live in a life where other things were important, where different things were important and understand where other people are coming from who have different priorities than you. Yeah. And, you know, when Integrity Week was a few weeks ago and I frame integrity in the same compassionate lens where just because someone doesn't believe what you believe doesn't mean they don't have integrity. It doesn't mean they're, not, they're wrong. Yeah, it does not. It does not no, mean they're wrong. Like they might have a slightly different moral compass from you, but that doesn't mean that they don't have integrity. Right, and integrity is one of those things that you can learn to respect somebody that you hate. I can completely disagree with somebody in history, right? Like I used to use the example of Hitler. I had a student that got really angry with me about it, but I used to use the example of Hitler. Hate Hitler. Hate what he did. 
you know, there's no there's no love for that. Opposite moral compass. Right, right. There's no love for that at all. But if you look at a certain thing, he lived by what he believed in. That is the definition of integrity. We don't have to like it. I don't have to. I, I, I can think his moral compass is completely wrong, and that would be my opinion. He thinks his moral compass is right, and that would be his opinion, and he lived by that. That's living with integrity, and I can respect the idea of living with integrity. Now, I cannot respect the actions that we're taking. I cannot respect the Holocaust. I cannot respect all of that. But the, the follow through on his integrity. The point is, is if you're having trouble finding common ground on where you can respect somebody that you disagree with, that you really don't like, integrity is a place to start. Look at it and realize, hey, you know, they are standing their ground, and that's something that. I can respect. I can respect someone who stands the ground of something that's important to them. And right? I can put myself in their shoes going, you know, I feel very strongly about something too. Yeah. So I feel strongly about something. So I understand they feel strongly about this thing I don't care about, but I feel strongly about this. So if I imagine taking that same strong feeling and putting it towards something else, now I'm on the road to creating empathy. Now I'm on the road to creating a compassionate experience with somebody and being able to view it in a different way. Another thing, right? Another thing that helps me when it comes to this is when you're faced with someone yelling at you, when you're faced with a complete jerk, you're faced with a, I, I, I don't want to curse, but I want to curse. I mean, you're faced with one of them kind of people. You know what I mean? Um, I think we call them Karens. Okay. Karens, that's the word now. Okay. Whatever. But when you're, when you're faced with one of those people, right. And you're kind of like, how do I, how do I stay? How do I stay right? You know, how do I stay right with the Lord on this? How do I, how do I keep straight on this? Right. I'm so angry and I want to respond with that same energy that they're giving me. How do I learn to respond to compat with compassion in those things? Well, one thing that makes it easier for me is to remember that most hatred and anger that someone gives off into the world is based in the fact that they hate their own existence. They may hate themselves, they may hate their life, they may hate the world, whatever it is, they hate their own existence, right? And if a person hates their own existence, it means that they they have no patience with their life. They cannot accept where they are. And guys, you can't get to where you're trying to go until you accept where you are. That's the first step to making any goal happen. You have to first accept where you are. But people who are angry and full of hatred, these are people who can't accept where they are. They, 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 it stems from a hatred of their own existence, a hatred of their own life and things along those lines. And what helps me have compassion for them? That is a sad way to live. That is a scary, sad way to live life. And I know that because I've had those same feelings across multiple months and years. Many, many times I still struggle with them from time to time. And it is a sad way to live. So when I see someone that's just exploding like that, it doesn't matter what they're exploding about. What I see is someone who's really hurting, someone who cannot justify their life. Someone who hates their own existence and is trying to assert some kind of dominance to feel a small amount of control over something. And if they can't control anything that's going on in here, they're going to yell and curse and fight and push and shove and punch to try to control somebody out there just to feel like they can control something, something in their life. Right. And when I remember that, it's a lot easier for me to respond from a place of compassion and realize that it's really just kind of sad. It's really kind of sad what they're going through, and I can understand what they're going through. And then I'll get to the root of it. I'll ignore their yelling and stuff, and I'll get to the root of the problem and be like, you know, who hurt you, right? What's hurting you right now, man? What What is it that feels so outside of your control that you feel like you've got to exert control over somebody else? What makes what it, What is so outside of your control that you feel like that your opinion has to be the same as everybody else's opinion, you know? I, I, I came up in the 80s and 90s, you know, and I don't know. I thought it was just like a family thing with me, but I've talked to other people who felt the same way. Certain things weren't talked about much, 
you know, like everybody could get along and have different opinions. If you found out you had a different opinion, it was like, oh, oh, well, you know, and, and you move on. We just and don't you, talk about that. Right. And you didn't try to you didn't try to convince each other. You know, you didn't try to argue the point. It was just kind of one of those things. You knew where someone stood and that was all there was to it. There wasn't anything to debate or argue. There wasn't any anger about your opinion being different than mine. Right. We could get along and think two completely different things. Uh, politically, religiously, whatever it was, we could get along and think two completely, we could realize that our personalities gelled, but think two completely th different things about something, and that was fine. It feels like this past six or seven years, it's like people don't want to spend time with people that think anything differently, and when someone thinks differently, they feel like they have to change their mind. They have to change this person's mind. They have to prove this person wrong, and the only reason they feel like they have to change that person's mind and they have to prove that person wrong is because they're not sure of themselves. And they're not completely sure. So they try to, they just buckle down and they stand their ground and decide this is the hill they're going to die on because they want to stand for something. Because they want to stand for something. And they're not being very discerning over the hill they choose. They're not being very discerning of what ground they're willing to die on there. You know what I mean? And some people pick some, like what I would consider weird ridiculous cross. ground to die on. Yeah, ridiculous ground have to stand. To bear. Yeah, you know. Like but that's all good. You know, that's all good. That's part of life. And that's part of how we come across. I got nothing against somebody like that. The only thing I have something against is people that spew hatred on other people just because they have a different set of priorities, because their life is different, because their experiences are different. Right. Like I'm a business owner. Right. So I was really upset when the virus stuff hit because I need to make a livelihood out of this. That was very important to me. But I also have I also have elderly people in my life who were having some health issues already, and I was very, very concerned for them. So I found myself split in the middle of caring about both things where I wanted to reopen my business, but I wanted everybody to stay safe. Whereas there was a lot of, you know, people that are just about reopening and forget about the virus and other people who are like, we need to completely shut down and worry about the virus. Guys, it's got to have middle ground. But nobody was willing to look at the middle ground. Not nobody. There were people like me out there, tons of people like me who were like, well, I do need to make sure that we take care of everybody. And I definitely want to take care of my family and especially the elder people in my family. So we're going to mask up. We're going to try to quarantine. We're going to do our best to not be in public as much as possible. Same time, my business is my livelihood. So the second I'm able to open back up, I'm going to open back up. I'm going to I'm going to recommend masks, but we didn't require them because I'm not trying to tell nobody what to do. Right. I wore one for a long time teaching classes at first. I was the only person in here wearing one. I tried and I could I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, well, I, I did it. it. I did it for a long time. You're you know? better man than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of stopped after a while and thought, OK, well, I, I'm not going to be around those elder family members. So it's OK. But then when I wanted to go visit them, I, I, I put myself aside for two weeks and I said, OK, I'm going to go visit my dad. So I'm going to make sure I'm not. I'm not around anybody for two weeks before I go, you know, so there's this, there was a middle ground, right? And so that was a weird thing standing there where I could see both sides of the aisle, but I could see both sides of the aisle fighting each other and, and, and nobody able to like realize that, that the real reality happens in the middle ground. There is no fully one way or fully another, right? So, you know, it comes down to empathy and compassion. If we can learn to process things with compassion again, which starts with empathy, which starts with putting ourselves in another person's shoes, which starts with realizing that, my priorities don't have to be theirs. A lot of people say, I am putting myself in their shoes. I am thinking about, I'm in the same situation they are. No, not if you're thinking about how your priorities are one thing, but not considering that that person's priorities are different. That person has a different set of priorities right now because their situation is different. Their experience is different. And if you can't put aside your priorities and your biases in order to kind of see what it would be like to look through 
the priorities and biases of another person, then how are you ever going to find that place of empathy and compassion, right? Uh, oh, yeah, no, the party, no, yeah, no, we haven't done the mask thing in a while. We're all vaccinated. Um, um, yeah, and Caitlin, you and your mom are both vaccinated, and so I think you and Jackson are going to be fine. Yeah, no, we we haven't been we haven't been doing that sort of thing since uh, early this year. I think early this yeah. year we we kind of stopped. Uh, well, there was the there choice. was an exposure in their family. Oh, was there? And so she was asking if. Oh, was I didn't know the story. I'm sorry, no, I no. didn't know what was happening. If no symptoms and wear a mask, but exposed. Oh, I missed the, I missed the but exposed part. Um, yeah, if no symptoms and stuff, and you guys are and you guys are are vaccinated, you know, I I don't I don't see a problem with it. And and wearing masks. Right. Yeah, I don't see I don't see a problem with it. So, no, and I'm not trying to get on the COVID thing, right? I'm not trying to start a thing there. It just makes a great example of what we're talking about when it comes to uh, why compassion and teaching our kids compassion and empathy is important. And if you think about it, almost every kid I know already is pretty empathetic up to a certain age when they start to kind of individualize themselves. But most of the kids I've ever worked with, even the angry ones who are a little bit bully-like, are actually really empathetic when you get down to it. Now, the bully-like ones probably, you know, a little less so, but that's because they get to hurting so bad about something else that, like I said before about adults do it too, get to hurting so bad about something else, maybe a decent home, maybe bullying at school, something along those lines, and they get so angry that they lash out because they can't control their own life, so they want to try to control somebody else's, right? So there's occasionally that that we, that we deal with with kids, but most of the kids that we deal with are naturally pretty empathetic, can naturally get, look at someone else, some other kid, and look at their situation and what's going on and completely understand you know mm-hmm. i'd like to tell you how many uh, from from even even our most talented and skilled kids right with like the most amazing techniques we'll look at another kid their age who's struggling with a basic technique and there's no ego there it's simply an empathy hey man i know how it feels to struggle with the technique i'm struggling with this way more complicated thing but i understand what it's like to struggle and they and they and they bond friendships over this person struggling to do a front kick while this person struggling to do a 360 two completely different techniques two completely different skill levels but these kids understand naturally that the difficulty i'm having on this 360 is no different than the difficulty this other kid's having on a front kick and they bond over it right that's empathy and i think too that kids use their imagination so much more and that's another key to empathy is that's what i'm saying it's all about using your imagination but in using your imagination properly you have to put aside your own opinions your own beliefs and your own biases and try to see what it'd be like to adopt the other person's priorities opinions and biases and beliefs to see what they actually would feel like under that circumstance you can't just be like well that's not how i would feel or that's not how i would react in this situation you have to ask yourself like okay if i had this happen in my past if this was a priority for me if I was beaten as a child or whatever, then how would I feel about that situation that person is in? I might feel different. And until you do those imaginative mental explorations, guys, I get lost in my head all the time. This is what my ADHD does. This is how my ADHD represents itself. My brain, if I'm not working on something else, is constantly imagining different ways that things could go, different perspectives, different different ways my life could go, different ways other people's lives can go, different opinions I would have if my life went different, different beliefs I would have if my life went different, different things if different experiences went different, what would happen if the future, if these thousand things happened. This is what my brain does. It doesn't shut off. It does this all the time, 
right? So this is one of those things that I completely understand. This is where compassion came naturally for me because I'm always imagining myself as somebody else. It's not just about imagining yourself in someone else's shoes. It's about imagining yourself as somebody else. What if I was that person? How would I feel, right? And then when I can latch on to some kind of experience, and this is why I said at the beginning of the video that people who have been abused, people who have been through the most traumas are often the most compassionate and empathetic people because they understand the worst feelings a person can possibly have. They understand holding those terrible feelings for weeks and months and years on end. So when they see somebody else going through something, they know how bad that feeling is, and it's easy for them to latch on to an experience of their own and be like, I know what that feeling feels like. Oh, now I feel bad in the same way they feel bad because I feel bad that they're going through it and they feel bad like that that's empathy that's where compassion is born that's where caring for others is born and guys we are i don't think i've realized this but let's go back in human history we are a group culture a group society we we are a tribal and group creatures. society creatures. creatures tribal creatures now in the earlier days it was smaller tribes because that was necessary for survival these days the whole of humanity is one large tribe. I mean, you can split it into countries and states and football teams and whatever else. But our whole country or our whole world is really just kind of blended together with, with Internet and with technology. And it's, it's all one tribe now. And yet so many of us look at our family and we can see them with compassion. But we, we look at everybody else as if they're the enemy, as if they're the other tribe, as if they're the other thing just because they believe different or think different. But we actually do what? Outsiders. As outsiders, that's right. But actually, we're all part of the same tribe. And that compassion is what, that empathy is what helps keep a tribe alive, right? In the old days, the compassion, you had to care for each other. You had to look out for each other. You had to do all that, like, long, long time ago. Well, it's no different now. The tribe is just bigger, right? And for some reason, you know, it used to be us against the world, humans against the world. And nowadays, it's like we just create this us against us situation, right? Where it's this martial arts school against that martial arts school. It's it's uh, this political group against that political group. And in all reality, we're still all part of the same tribe. It's but in, kind of amazing. But we're in, all alive. Right. But instead of continuing to work with each other to grow, we have this tendency to break off into different camps and then label others as outsiders. It's like humans have this natural need to have predators. And if it's not the wolves and the bears, then we have to make out someone who believes something different to be our predator. Right. And that's ridiculous. That's not how you're going to have peace in your life. You want peace in your life? Strive for a goal that's worth achieving that brings everybody together and quit worrying about the need to have an enemy, the need to have somebody to blame everything on. I tell you what, you know the most freeing thing you can do in your life? Hold yourself accountable for everything. It's the most freeing thing you can do in your life. If you believe everything is your fault, you st I mean, it can be, there can be depression involved with that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it's also very freeing because if you start to believe that everything that you feel is your own fault, your anger towards someone else's opinion, your anger towards politics, your anger towards whatever, your hatred, your sadness. If you start to believe that your emotions your are, emotions, yes, qualify that with emotions. Okay, that your emotions are your fault, then it puts the power in your hands. It makes you realize, okay, if it is my fault, then what can I do different to not feel that way? What can I do different? What can I act differently like? What can I do different? What decisions can I make to make a change? And instead of going, they made me feel that way, starting to go, well, it's my fault I feel that way. I hated what they did. I don't like what they did. I don't like their behavior, but it's my fault I feel that way. How can I change that I feel that way? That taking accountability to that level is the most freeing thing you can do. And what it does is it stops you looking for enemies. It stops you going, they're my enemy, they're against me, they see something different, they, they have to go, they always way. make me feel that way, they always make me feel that way. It completely eliminates 
any competition between you and other humans. When you decide to take accountability for your, your feelings and your actions, then you stop looking for the groups to blame. You stop looking to blame everybody else for why the world is the way it is. And you start looking for how can I make the world better, period, without trying to change anybody, just accepting the world as it is and how can I do my piece. And then you stop being in competition with other groups. You stop being in competition with other tribes. The only person you're in competition with that then is the, the you of the past. That becomes your only competition. And the goal of instead of winning an argument, winning a fight, winning a whatever, the goal now becomes building something right and that requires getting more people together and this is where i look for leaders right leaders to me are the people who bring people together the people who see the middle ground the people who don't stick their mind completely stuck to one opinion or another or one thing or another but those who can see the whole spectrum and can find places where people can meet that's what i look for in leaders that's where that's where leadership comes from the people that can be understanding, compassionate, and empathetic to everybody. But to do that, you have to be willing to set your own biases, beliefs, and opinions aside and be willing to see the entire spectrum and imagine what it would be like if your life had different priorities. Right? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's perfectly said. All right. You got anything else? No, sir. Like I say, most hatred comes from people who hate their own existence. Right? So that makes it easier to be empathetic if you think about how sad that is a way to live. You know what I mean? So, no, Caitlin, I wouldn't worry about it. I, I, I'd be happy to have you guys out. Doug, glad to have you. I don't know if you made it through the whole video, but thank you for coming on here and comment. And remember, guys, anytime you see our stuff, make sure you hit us with a like, comment, or share so that other people get to see it. Comments especially. Comments are the big ones. And check out our podcast, Teammate Talks, by searching Teammate Talks wherever you get your podcast. We did an episode a couple of weeks ago about discipline. I believe it, was, it wasn't stuck in a rut, was it? I think that was a couple weeks ago. We did one last There was week one that well. was really good, though. Really, really good. It wasn't I feel stuck like they're in a all really good. Nah, no, there was one a couple of weeks ago that was really, really good. It was about discipline. But anyway, go back and check out some of our past episodes. We now have over 100 subscribers. Looking to, looking to build that to 200. Until we see you guys again, be the best teammate you can be. And be the best at being you. Teammate Radio is brought to you by Peaceful Warriors and Teammate Children's Stories. Available on Amazon. We are Peaceful Warriors!